0: Top three items on today's Cigar Dave show. Number one, the Buffalo terrorist attack that took place one week ago in my hometown. I will give you my thoughts. Number two, the FDA. Correction, the F-U-D-A. Screwing cigar connoisseurs and now screwing infants. And number three, stock market, economy, American confidence, all tanking. Thanks to the Biden regime. This is The Cigar Dave Show with The General. A little different show than we normally do. As you know, we enjoy talking about alpha male pleasure pursuits, cigars, spirits, diversions, dames. But with what is going on in the world over the past week and what has taken place over the past week, we will shift our tactics just a bit today as we get into some serious items. These are the items that you as an alpha male, as a cigar connoisseur, are talking about to your fellow alphas, your fellow cigar connoisseurs. These are the topics that are being discussed in cigar lounges, um, in people's uh, cigar man caves, cigar caves. So we will do so today. As always, it is your global five-star ultra-mega alpha male-in-chief, front and center, and your global five-star general, front and center, from Command Center Alpha in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA, I extend to you my long-ass greetings and salutations and a, s- a long-ass snappy salute. Semper delicatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure and screw the Biden regime. Everything going to shit under Joseph Robinette. Bite. How can you have a, a president with a middle name, Robinette? I'm sorry. That tells you all you need to know. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant, the five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver. Offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations, fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit and And by Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage, crafted through centuries of traditions. Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Last Saturday, in my hometown of Buffalo, New York... 18-year-old Peyton Gendron, or Gendron, whatever the pronunciation is, launched a terror attack that killed 10 people. I believe there were eight, uh, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, but I believe that the a total of 12, so there were 10 deaths, there were two injuries, and there were some, the majority were blacks, uh, that were that were gunned down and killed but there are also I believe several white victims as well and I don't care if somebody's black or white or Asian or whatever their denomination their religion whatever their their uh, their skin color makes no difference an attack a terrorist attack that took place last Saturday unacceptable and it was totally avoidable so let's talk about the terrorist attack. This kid, absolute mental case. Now the facts that are coming out about this kid, that in his diaries for six years he's been talking about suicide or suicidal missions. A year ago, he threatened to shoot up a graduation ceremony. School officials reported it. The police bring him in for a mental evaluation. A day and a half later, he's back home, and the police don't follow up. Why? Questions need to be asked. Why was the police, the state police, the New York State police, or the police, the sheriff's department in Broome County, where this kid came from, he wasn't from Buffalo. And the first thought that I had when I heard about this, I said, wait a minute. Somebody in Buffalo would do this? Buffalo is known as the city of good neighbors. When there's a snowstorm, you see people get out of their cars. If somebody's stuck, they help. They don't care if they're white or they're black. They just get out and help. You go to a Bills game. You got whites, blacks, you got everybody. Everybody gets along. Buffalo is a very different community than other cities. Buffalo gets the brunt of the snow jokes. They get the brunt of all sorts of attacks when it comes to, and I don't mean, uh, pardon the pun, but I'm talking about, you know, on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, he would always rib Buffalo, or comedians would rib Buffalo. It's the butt of many jokes. So that in and of itself bonds the people who live in Buffalo in a very unique manner. A manner that I think is different than other cities across the country. And so the first thing I thought about is, I can't believe somebody from Buffalo would do this. And then we find out that this kid—and by the way, there are, many, there are many news outlets that say, we will not name the suspect, we're not going to give him the, the credit and the publicity. Let's be adults here. We're not giving this kid publicity, we're talking about facts. And the fact is, this 18-year-old kid, Peyton Genron, was the terrorist, was the racist, was the anti-Semite. This absolute nutcase. But I digress. He drove three and a half hours from his home just south of Binghamton in Broome County to Buffalo. He scouted out various zip codes. He looked at Syracuse, he looked at Rochester, but he settled on Buffalo because the zip code in which the Tops Market was located has the highest percentage of blacks that reside in that zip code, apparently in upstate New York or in the state. So when I heard that this kid came from out of town, clearly, number one, you're saying this, this person who would come, who's not even a member of the community, would come into our community and do this, inflict this terror, this pain on the on the city of Buffalo and Western New York. And that's exactly what happened. This kid isn't from Buffalo. Now, can this happen anywhere? Sure, absolutely. But this kid came three and a half hours away. But there are so many questions about this kid. Mentally, he's a fucknut. He is an absolute mental case let's take a look at the facts a year ago he threatens to shoot up the school so again he's taken in for questioning and a mental evaluation and nobody follows up the New York State police Broome County Sheriff nobody follows up and said let's get a warrant and monitor this kid just to see what's going on to make sure there's no issues or threats down the road they didn't We've seen this before. We've seen it in the Marjorie Stone Douglas shooting in South Florida. The kid that was the, perp, uh, uh, the terrorist, the, the perp, uh, perpetrator there, FBI had been watching him drop the ball. Whenever you look at something, whether it's an accident or a chain of events, there's always, it never starts with one item. You can't just say, oh, this kid got up one morning and decided he's going to go to Buffalo and he's going to shoot random people he doesn't even know and kill them. Horrific. It didn't start that way. This has been brewing in this kid's head. He's had issues and suicidal thoughts for six years. And then a year ago, red flag, warning sign, threatens to shoot up graduation or the school. And what do we always hear from law enforcement? Hear something, say something. See something, say something. Well, in this case, students and administrators and teachers did say something. They heard something and they said something. They reported it to police and the police, the New York State Troopers, Broome County Sheriff, whomever was responsible, dropped the ball. That, if that link in the chain is broken, What took place Saturday in Buffalo does not take place. They should have watched this kid. They should have gotten a warrant to monitor his social media, see where the kid's hanging out, and they would have seen all sorts of warning signs. But they didn't. Then this kid shows up to school when in-school learning resumes and shows up for a full week in a hazmat suit. I'm talking about with the the uh, respirator with the hood, with the, I mean, uh, total hazmat suit. You don't think that's a warning sign? Maybe you come to school one day, ha-ha, it's funny. But this kid came every day for a week? I would think after the threats that he made, some teacher would call the police again and say, you may want to keep an eye on this kid. We don't know if that happened or not. But that's a warning sign. Red flag. His parents are culpable in this atrocity. When Peyton Genron was 16, his parents bought him, uh, I don't know if it was a rifle or a shotgun, but they bought him a weapon at 16. Now, I know kids, friends of mine whose kids learn to shoot at 15, 16. I don't have a problem with that. But to allow a kid to have a weapon at his disposal at 16 is unacceptable. Parents should say, We will give you this, but it's locked up and it stays with us. Now, at 16, they give this to him. At 17, one year later, he threatens to shoot up the school. He's taken in for mental evaluation. Do the parents say, we're going to take away your weapon? We're going to lock the weapon? Apparently not, because he had full access to the weapon. So the parents are complicit. And the parents don't keep an eye on this kid when he threatens to shoot up the school. He shows up to school wearing a full hazmat suit, and this doesn't raise a red flag to his mommy and daddy? Please. Somewhere along the line, there is absolute negligence on the on the part of the mother and the father. If a kid comes in and threatens to shoot up a school, the first thing I do, knowing he's got a weapon, is I take the weapon away. Period. I lock it up and tell him, you're not going anywhere near that weapon. End of discussion. And I certainly, as a parent, would monitor the kid. I'd monitor his social media usage. I'd monitor what's going on. I would watch him like a hawk. Did the mother and father apparently not? They allowed him to have his weapon. Here he is. He's 18. He took that weapon, and he actually had three weapons. He was able to then go and purchase a Bushmaster 500 assault rifle. There were no. When they went to the gun, the gun dealer, the gun dealer ran, a, you know, had to fill, had to run the background check through the federal government, the FBI, whatever it is. No flags. The retailer said, "I would never have sold it to him if that had come back." But there was nothing on his record. Why? Because the New York State Police dropped the ball. They did not follow up. So the kid can legally go out and buy another weapon. Now, he had three weapons total with him. But I'm thinking to myself, how on earth did his parents allow him to possess these weapons? You don't just walk in the house one day and say, oh, I'm going to hide this, this Bushmaster 500. Where were the parents? Why were the parents not watching this kid like a hawk? Every step along the way, there's a red flag that link in the chain could be broken, but it wasn't. And then he travels to Buffalo, and now we're finding out that he traveled maybe a month before four to six weeks before to scope out various areas. There is several employees at the Topps Market where this terrorist act took place stated they remember this kid. They remember him coming in to strike up a conversation and they saw him several months, six weeks or eight weeks before. And he was there the day before the assault trying to uh, uh, pretend he was a panhandler out and about and finally the manager told him he's gotta leave. All of these various warning signs, these red flags, just went unabated. Had any of those warning flags, have any of those chains of the link been broken, this would not have taken place. But instead, we've got 10 Buffalo residents killed viciously. I happen to see on Twitter... Right after I got the text alert that there was a shooting in Buffalo, somehow by doing a a hashtag search, Buffalo shooting, there was a video, parts of a video showing, there was a screen grab actually, showing this lunatic with his assault rifle shooting point black, Seven, eight feet in front of him, a woman who just was walking to the store, right in the head. And you can see, and I hate to be graphic, but her brain matter dispersing in this screenshot. I think it was eventually taken down. Gruesome. This kid was streaming the attack. And then I went on and I found his supposed manifesto. The manifesto wasn't 180 pages. He had about three or four, actually more than maybe 10 pages of what he actually wrote. And then there was about 165, 170 pages of stuff that he had, uh, of material that he had essentially copied or or plagiarized or pulled from, from other sites. But listening to the rant, this kid's answering all these questions. He said, point blank, this started when I had Two years ago when I had loads of time with the Wuhan virus, sitting in my house having nothing to do, not being able to go out, I started to peruse the internet, go on Reddit and 4chan, and I don't even know what 4chan is. But going to those sites, and that's when he became radicalized. Now we hear today, the last week, We've heard people say the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Bandits of the, uh, of the Cross League, they all showed up. The owners of the, uh, the Sabres and Bills, the Pagoulas, uh, attended Thursday and Friday the site. They were panning out food. They've donated significant amounts of money. The NFL did. Roger Goodell, the NFL, was there, or was it Thursday? That's all great. That's good. And we're hearing now that we need to spread more love, that we have to stop the the hate. Let me make something very clear. The United States of America is not a racist country. The United States of America is not an anti-Semitic country. Are there individuals, enough of them, that are racist, that are anti-Semitic? Absolutely. Do we paint the entire nation of 320 million or 340 million people as racist and anti-Semitic? Hell no. There's always bad apples. There is a very small percentage in this country that are rotten apples, that are racist, that are anti-Semitic, but I will not paint this entire country as racist or anti-Semitic. No country has done more to atone for the sins of the past Talking about slavery and segregation than the United States. Today, every American, black, Hispanic, white, Jewish, Catholic, Presbyterian, Muslim, has equal opportunity. Doesn't mean equal outcomes, but everyone has equal opportunity. Some take advantage, some don't. But no country has worked harder, I believe, to root out racism, anti-Semitism, any type of ism, than the United States of America. If we were a hostile, extremist, racist country, do you think there would be the line of people of various ethnic groups trying to get into the United States, both illegally and legally? The entire world knows that the United States is the country of more opportunity than any other country in the world. They don't buy the nonsense that the U.S. is racist and anti-Semitic or any any other ism. There are nutcases that are roaming this country. Peyton Gendron is one of them. Unfortunately, the security guard, who is a retired Buffalo police officer, tried to shoot and stop Peyton Genron, tried to stop the terrorist, but he was wearing body armor. The kid was wearing body armor. And I heard an interesting comment saying that police are trained, and most shooters are trained to go for the chest. You go for the body, to subdue a, an enemy, an intruder. But as one officer said, in this case, we need to start training to shoot in the head. Because even though he had a helmet on, he, his face was exposed. Now, one shot to the head, that would, have, that would have ended it. And unfortunately, because this kid was so armored, the heroic police officer, the retired police officer, the security guard, he was killed, and that led to 10. I think by the time he got in the store, There were two or three people already killed. He started walking in and and was, was already firing. It is almost unfathomable to comprehend that this kid would get out of his car and just start shooting people he didn't know point blank. I thought about this, that those people that were killed that morning when they woke up, The last thing they would have ever thought is, today is going to be my last day on earth. The last thing they were thinking when they were going to the supermarket, whether to pick up groceries or, in one instance, a cake for the uh, person's uh, son for a birthday party or to pick up just some last-minute provisions or supplies, the last thing any of them would think of is that when they got out of their car, or the Uber, or walk, or the bus, or however method of transport they arrived at the supermarket. I will assure you, not one of them had the thought that they're going to walk in and they're going to be slaughtered, they're going to be murdered point blank by a deranged, mental son of a bitch that should have been stopped over a year ago when the first red flag went up and the New York State Police were aware of his threat. Not one of them woke up that morning thinking, today is my last day on earth. They thought, I've got a birthday party for my son, I am going to go get a cake, can't wait. I'm gonna go get some uh, maybe barbecue supplies, it was a very warm day in Buffalo. Maybe I'm gonna get some burgers and some, some hot dogs and I'm gonna throw them on the grill tonight. None of them woke up thinking, I'm going to be murdered. I'm going to be slaughtered, point blank, by a deranged terrorist racist. They got up like they always do, getting ready for the day, getting ready to celebrate, getting ready to visit people, going into a supermarket, and the last thing you think is ever, that's imaginable, is you are going to be gunned down. I thought about that. I've been thinking about it all week, how horrific that is. Things that we do every day, Go get gas. You go to a supermarket. You 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 go out to dinner. Nobody thinks this is going to be my last day, that, that I'm going to be gunned down. I assure you, the ten people that were murdered and two that were shot and luckily survived, none of them thought they were going to be shot or they were going to be subject to a terrorist racist attack last Saturday. The city of Buffalo has come together. Now, many of you know I talk about my affinity for the Buffalo Bills. I talk about the fact that Buffalo's a blue-collar city. I always say I'm a white-collar guy with a blue-collar mentality because that's how you grow up in Buffalo. It's not an ostentatious city. People of every ethnic origin, of every socioeconomic status, everybody pretty much gets along. Now, I'm not being Pollyanna-ish. I'm just telling you the facts. Again, I I reference the snowstorm. When somebody is stuck, man or woman, all of a sudden you'll see people stop, get out of their car, and help. That's just how Buffalo is. Sergeant Steve, you've been to Buffalo uh, for many of our Alpha Pleasure Fests, and you've gotten to know the city. It's a blue-collar city, a northeast Rust Belt city. But I think one thing you got, the, and the impression certainly not only from all the attendees, but certainly from Colonel Ange and Captain Paul and XO Tim and Puff and Lori and, and uh, um, uh, 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 Mrs. Harem of One Gina and Lieutenant Gary. Everybody's blue collar. Everybody pitches in. Everybody gets along. Very small town feel to it, although it's not small. Right, it's a million people in the metro area, but it really is like a small town. Easy to, Accessibility is easy, but it's the mentality. And now, Sergeant Steve, you're also from Ohio, which is, you know, also, I think, part of the blue collar rust belt, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. But when you look at the, and certainly, look, you've been to up to Buffalo, you've been to other cities, you've been to Cleveland, Cincinnati, obviously, you resided in. That's the feel, it's a midway west type feel. It's not really a northeast city, it's more of a midwest type feel. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Pittsburgh, yeah. Cleveland, you know, Detroit, Columbus kind of that feel. Maybe not Detroit so much, but Yeah, very down to earth people. Mm-hmm. You do not see any ostentatiousness, any pretense. People are what they are. They're proud to be from there. You know, you're going to get jokes, "Oh, you're from Detroit, you're from Cleveland, you're from Buffalo." But people shrug it off, and I think they're I think that people that are from the Midwest not only are a heartier type of people, but they also have different values than I think other parts of the country. Not to minimize other parts, but I think there is a different Midwest value system. A different value system, a different pace, a different just way of life. I mean, yep. You know, a lot of people, the jokes about Buffalo is because they think it's New York City and it, you know, what, six, seven hours away. Yeah, eight hours, yeah. Eight hours away, and it's it's very different than New York City. But everyone just thinks New York is New York, and that's kind of the impression. Yeah, I always tell people when they say, "Oh, you're from New York," and I say, "Well, I'm from Buffalo, which is the nicer part of New York State, you know, upstate." Where, and it's interesting because I remember during Super Bowl 25, one of the TV stations asked one of the, um, I think it was one of the gift shop, um, uh, gift shops, or one of the restaurants and one of the hotels, how can you tell the difference between the Buffalo fans and the New York Giant fans? And she said, oh, that's easy. The Buffalo fans are the polite, friendly ones. So there's a definite different type of mentality, a different attitude. And nobody in Buffalo in a million years, I assure you, would ever believe that this could happen. In their town. I I couldn't believe it. I, I was stunned when I heard there was a shooting initially I thought well, maybe there's just a short Maybe there's just a couple of people that got into something But then when I heard the details and I started to see all the the cable news networks following this and I went You know on social media And started to follow what was going on I was stunned and I think the city is still stunned, but Buffalo is a resilient city Buffalo, uh, Buffalonians always come together, they always have, and they will. But I want to make it very clear that I don't believe. And anybody that says, we are a nation of racists or anti-Semites, that is a load of poppycock. It is not true. There are racists. There are anti-Semites. We see them all, not just the United States, around the world, because of their ignorance, because of their stupidity. But to take a broad brush and say the entire country is like this is outrageous. And I am sure that many of the people that were affected will tell you that the first people that came to help and provide assistance and food and whatever needed to be done were white members of the community. Because that's how Buffalo is. They don't say, oh, I'm white. I'm not going to go in uh, in a black area or I'm not going to assist blacks. Bullshit. I assure you they were the first to get up and say, what needs to be done? So I want to make it very clear what took place with this kid is mortifying. It is too bad the death penalty is not available in New York State. It is on a federal basis, and I'm hoping the federal law enforcement agencies file additional charges so that this kid could be executed. But we need to really examine what took place so this doesn't ever happen again. It's not just guns, it's this kid's mental state. And why wasn't it followed up by the state police? And why did his parents allow him to possess guns, give him a gun at 16 or a rifle at 16, and possess those weapons, knowing that a year ago he threatened to shoot up the school or a graduation or commencement ceremony? Those questions need to be asked. The parents are complicit. They, too, are guilty. And now, of course, you see Ben Crump. You know, whenever there's, uh, whenever there's some sort of uh, 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 racial-involved issue, you can be sure Ben Crump will get on his private jet. He will show up being the ambulance chaser, scumbag son of a bitch that he is. And he'll immediately try to portray everybody as racist, and now he's going to go after the gun manufacturers, going to sue whoever he can. I get that. But I don't think that's what's necessary, needed right now. And then I see Al Sharpton showing up there, please. And all these people that are in the community welcoming Al Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton doesn't belong in Buffalo. Ben Crump doesn't belong in Buffalo. There are plenty of excellent attorneys that can handle suing whomever the victims would like, families would like to sue. But once again, it's all about the optics. They're the first one on the scene. Ben Crump is not a very smart guy. Now, I know a lot of stories about Ben Crump that I won't tell, I won't relay, including who backs him and who has backed him. And by the way, it was a white attorney that backed him. I won't even tell you who it is. But for those of you that live in Florida, just look at your TV to see who's the number one spender of advertising in the state, and I think now in the Southeast, in terms of legal advertising. Ben Crump didn't have a pot to pee in until a white attorney bankrolled him and allowed him to use his jet and to go all these uh, over all these places and get a cut. If Ben Crump were truly interested in the people, he'd say, I'm not gonna take a dime from you. I will sue whomever, 100% of the proceeds go to the victims. No effing chance. So when I see these people come in to a community where they are not welcome, it really is uh, disturbing. The city of Buffalo and the people in Buffalo are well, hand, are, are well able to handle whatever legal cases or legal challenges they may decide for the, on the behalf of the victims and on behalf of the estates of the victims. But Al Sharpton is about one thing only, Publicity for Al Sharpton. By the way, have you ever seen a guy that when he was heavy, he was totally repulsive, ugly looking? And then when he's blatant, I mean emaciated like he is now, he's ugly looking. Like most people, you lose weight, you go, oh, man, they really look good. They look pretty. He's the only guy in the history of the world that no matter what his weight, going from super heavy in his in his track suits that he used to wear, his his sweatsuits, now to wearing the expensive uh, Italian suits. Losing, what, 100 and some odd pounds? He still looks horrible. He is still frighteningly ugly. That is fact. I have zero respect for scumbags Al Sharpton and Ben Crump. They're interested in one thing. Taking advantage of the situation, of what took place, the horrific terror attack, to line their pockets and generate more publicity. And that is fact. So to the 10 victims of the terrorist attack one week ago. To them we say we hope they rest in peace. Their lives were taken far, far too soon and in a totally unacceptable manner. And to the families, we hope that uh, they all find peace and it's not going to be easy because if I were one of those families of the victims, I could tell you I would be not only, I would be more than angry. I would be seething, raging, and they have every right to be. My two cents on what took place again, we are not a racist, we're not an anti Semitic country. We have some individuals that are racist, that are anti Semitic, that, uh, that for whatever reason, they're ignorant, they just are angry about their lot in life. But to cast an entire country, no way, no way. The United States of America is a country that is tolerant, that is welcome, and I assure you that the overwhelming majority, the 99.99% of people in this country, want nothing to do with anything in terms of terror, in terms of racism, in terms of anti-Semitism, in terms of any attack on any other group. End of discussion. Question I receive most from connoisseurs, General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer, right now it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're gonna get some unique sweetness, you're going to get some unique spice. The San Andreas Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied, balanced smoke. Try one of each, you can't go wrong. The brand new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andreas Maduro wrapper. Visit Gurkhasigars.com. For the last 10 years, as a cigar connoisseur, and many of you are cigar connoisseurs, some of you are not, but by listening to the show, you know that the FDA, and I call them the appropriately the F-U-D-A, because they essentially want to screw cigar connoisseurs. For the last 10 years, they have been attacking the cigar industry. They want to tax cigars, user fees, the cigar industry. They want to put unnecessary restrictions and unnecessary bureaucratic laws to register cigars, to, to, to basically make sure that there are no new blends that come out, all under the, the, uh, the, the Family Health Prevention Act that Obama signed that allowed other tobacco products, including cigars, to be deemed under the act in the same manner as cigarettes at the behest or at the request of the FDA commissioner. And that, of course, happened under the Obama administration. So now, over 10 years, the cigar industry has been fighting the FDA. Cigars are enjoyed by adults. They're not consumed by kids. Cigars are enjoyed in moderation. They're not the same as cigarettes. But that has not deterred the FDA. It has not deterred the FDA and the former head of the... FDA's tobacco control division, tobacco division, Mitch Zellet-Zeller, who is now gone from the agency, he retired, but it has not stopped the FDA from creating a bloated bureaucracy of, I don't know, 600, 800, 1,000 people, whose responsibility is to do nothing more than harass tobacco companies, including family-owned cigar manufacturers. And I have stated over the last 10 years, the FDA has bigger fish to fry. We saw that there were dog treats that were tainted from China coming over to the United States. That falls under the FDA's purview. We have seen all sorts of other issues involving food, involving uh, bacteria, involving outbreaks that the FUDA has been unable to deal with in a timely manner. So they've been screwing cigar connoisseurs, and I've said all along, let's take those six and 800 people, why don't we put FDA people where they belong, in food inspection, in drug inspection, in making sure our food supply is safe, our pharmaceuticals are safe. Has the FDA done that? No. They've decided that they want to expand their scope to tobacco and cigars. And now we have a perfect example of the FDA, F-U-D-A, screwing up Again, they screwed cigar connoisseurs, and now they're screwing infants, and they're screwing parents. There's now a large baby formula shortage. Now, let me give you a little primer. You won't hear this on the Libstream media. They won't give you the facts. They won't tell you exactly. Oh, by the way, before I finish and go into this, last weekend, you know, we talked about what took place in Buffalo. I, I Something I wanted to bring up. And everybody's rushing to Buffalo that we've got to stop racism, we've got to stop these attacks. I agree. But what happened in Chicago last weekend? How many people were shot black-on-black crime? 28 people were shot, five fatally. 28 shot, five fatally. One weekend in Chicago, and that happens every damn weekend in Chicago. We're seeing it happen in New York City. We're seeing it happen in other large cities, Democrat-controlled cities. I mean, I'm just looking at this, you know, a, uh, here's a 16-year-old boy outside Sunday morning shot. A 13-year-old boy wounded in a shooting while he was, uh, someone opened fire while the boy and another person were walking through a gas station lot. What the hell is going on in all these cities? So the Dems and Biden, they all love to scream when they see an attack that took place, and rightfully so. What took place in Buffalo is unacceptable, but they're nowhere to be found. When there's black on black crime in every major city in this country run by Democrats, they ought to go look at that. They ought to start looking in terms of what is really taking place, not just the high drama terrorist attacks, if you will, but also what's taking place each and every weekend and week in this country. But they say nothing. I don't see Al Sharpton in Chicago, I don't see Benjamin Scumbag Crump. In, that, uh, in Chicago, complaining about this or trying to do something about it, they are nowhere to be found. So let me go back to the FUDA. So we've got a baby formula shortage. Why? What happened? Well, there was, back in February, Abbott Labs, which is the largest producer of baby formula in the country, they have a large factory, large plant in Sturgis, Michigan. Four babies were hospitalized with bacterial infections and they didn't have any idea, there was no definitive reason, but the authorities, including the FDA, believe there was a link between the four babies that were hospitalized with bacterial infections and those babies consuming products from the Merck Sturgis Michigan plant. So what did the FDA do and the feds do? They came in immediately and shut the plant down. That was in February. The FDA and Merck ran tests because the babies that had the bacterial infections, they were able to take swabs, they were able to look at the strains of bacterial infections. The results came back relatively quickly and it showed that there was no linkage between the bacterial infections of those four babies and the plant. They tested all areas of the plant. They did not have that bacteria. It was nowhere to be found. No linkage whatsoever. Merck says, look, there is no linkage. Here is the data. Here is the the lab test that the FDA has resulted in showing that there is no linkage. There is no causal effect. We need to reopen our plant. Well, the FDA said not so fast. Of course, the FDA does an inspection, and they find all sorts of other issues. And now it's coming out. Scott Gottlieb, the former commissioner of the FDA under Trump for several years, acknowledged that there were problems that date back many years and that more aggressive action should have been taken by the FUDA to routinely inspect the facility. Now they're telling us this? What do we just talk about in the first segment of this show? We talk about a chain. Things are never one isolated incident. They're always part of a chain. Well, let's take a look at the FDA chain, the FUDA. If there were issues at this factory, at the plant that Merck uh, runs in, and owns in Sturgis, Michigan, if these dated back umpteen years, shouldn't have they have been addressed back at that time? Shouldn't the FUDA have said we're going to put one or two people in this plant to work with Merck and you are going to follow rigid guidelines. And Merck, we want you to appoint one or two safety people, safety managers that have full authority to make sure this plant is clean and is running properly. Did the FDA do that? No. Apparently Merck didn't either. But the cause of these four babies getting bacterial infections had nothing to do with the Merck plant. But that didn't stop the FDA from coming in saying, oh, we got all sorts of problems here and here, and we're shutting the factory down. After 30 days, Merck contacts the FDA, tries to contact the FDA, and said, look, there's no issues. We're cleaning the plant up. Let's get this plant up and running. The FUDA didn't even answer, didn't even acknowledge Merck. Silence from the FUDA. So now we have one month passes into March, another into April, now another. Now we've got three months into May, and all of a sudden, there is a baby formula shortage on shelves across the country. This didn't happen overnight. The FUDA knew about this in February. The Biden regime knew about this in February. Do you think brainless... Let's face it, we've got a president that is brain dead. Let's just call it what it is. Biden is brain dead. He's brainless Biden. There is no gray matter floating. I don't mean to demean the guy. I don't mean to uh, make fun of the guy. The fact is, we deserve a president that has proper mental acuity sitting in the Oval Office. We don't have that today. Everything in the world is turning to shit. Russia invades Ukraine. Would that have happened under Trump? No chance. Got a baby formula shortage. Biden knew about it in February. Would Trump have allowed this to continue? No, he would have said, get this fixed. Gone to Peter Navarro saying, get it fixed. And now, of course, we see the Democrats that have to blame somebody. So, of course, they're blaming the fact that Merck allowed this factory to have all sorts of bacteria and didn't follow up, and it's all their fault. And it's all the fault of big evil business because they're... They're trying to make all this money and they're not opening new factories. Well, do you want to know why they can't open new plants? There have been companies wanting to open baby formula plants. I think there's only three or four in the country. Why can't they open? Because the FUDA has such a bureaucratic long list, expensive list of items, and has made it so prohibitively expensive and bureaucratic to open that most companies say, we just don't we, we're not just gonna we're not gonna bother. Instead of the FUDA saying, what do we need to do to get more production so that prices are maintained reasonably, we have production, we don't have any issues. If one plant happens to go down, did the FUDA ever address the cost, the red tape to open a baby formula plant? Never. Did the Biden administration, when they found out in February that this Merck plant had issues, did they say to the FUDA, I want you to bring people in? If I'm the president, you know what I do? I call the CEO and chairman of the board of Merck. I bring them into the Oval Office. I get the, the uh, commissioner of the FDA and who's, whomever's responsible for inspecting plants, uh, uh, baby food plants. I bring them into the Oval Office and I tell them, we got a major problem. I'm not asking you. I am ordering you to work 24-7 together to get this problem addressed, to get it fixed so we don't have any shortages. I want that factory up and running safely, pronto. Did our brain-dead president do that? No. Not one person in the administration said, we got a problem here. We, we, or they knew they had a problem. Not one said, we need to address this problem. Now all of a sudden, when there is outrage from American parents, when there is outrage by America that everything that Biden has touched just turns to shit, whether it is the stock market, the economy, American confidence, whether it's the price of gas, whether it's all the people coming through, the couple of hundred thousand last month alone, illegals, storming our border, Now, all of a sudden, Biden wakes up and says, hey, we got to do something about this. We're going to invoke the Defense Production Act. And they come up with this brilliant name, Operation Fly Formula. Now, the first time I looked at that, I said, wait a minute. Do flies need formula? They came up with that cockamamie name, and I guarantee you there are probably a dozen people that sat for a week figuring out what name they should call it, because they're going to airlift infant formula from countries around the world into the United States. And they're directing firms to prioritize, allocate production of key infant formula inputs and raw materials that will help increase production, speed up supply chains. They should have been doing this two and a half months ago, three months ago, but they're always late to the party because we've got a brain-dead president that is clueless. He doesn't know what's going on, and the people around him are clueless. They're incompetent. And we've got a bureaucracy in Washington now whose main job is to screw Americans, increase the red tape, increase costs, and essentially do nothing on behalf of the people that employ them. That is the American taxpayer and American citizens the head of the fda the fda commissioner said it's going to get better but the big problem we have right now is distribution yeah the distribution is going what formula is available is going down to the mexican border so that illegal aliens can feed their infants the formula that should be in the mouths of american citizens infants anybody else see a problem with this that we are sending all this baby formula down to the whatever's available down to the border and not to the mouths of infants across this country who are here legally? This isn't America first, this is America last. What they should have called it, not Operation Fly Formula, is Operation Screw Legal American Citizens because that's exactly what they are doing. Everything that Biden has touched is turning to shit. I've been on a rampage telling you about this, and we know it. Here's the latest example. Now, we see massive inflation. The Federal Reserve is so behind the eight ball. They are so incompetent. The discount rate, based upon what the current inflation rate is, should be right now 11%. That should be the Fed funds rate. That is the rate that banks should be charged when borrowing money. That translates to a prime rate to the best borrowers in this country of probably in the area of 14 or 15%. Now, I know many people are saying, whoa, 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 hold on a second. We're talking about 15%. Hey, that could be mortgages could be going up to 15 18%. You're damn right. One year ago, what did we hear from Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen the two biggest boobs in the, in the uh, Fed and the Federal Reserve. What did they say? Inflation is transient. We've never heard that term before. Meaning it's just temporary. Nobody believed that. Because inflation started with energy prices. And why did energy prices go up? Because the Biden, brainless Biden regime decided that they are going to put the kibosh on domestic energy production. They are going to put the kibosh on fracking. They're gonna put the kibosh on the Keystone Pipeline, which would have transported a million gallons of Canadian oil every day into the refineries in the United States to process and refine for gas and for diesel fuel. They have put the kibosh on every potential new fossil fuel energy source, instead saying, We're going to have more renewables, more wind, more solar. Oh, one problem with wind. If you don't have wind, you can't generate power. And there are now issues where they are saying that uh, energy officials issuing sobering warnings about widespread summer blackouts triggered by the closure of fossil fuel plants. If you live in the Midwest and West, get ready. The North American Electric Reliability Corporation said that because of the rush of the brainless Biden regime to close plants powered by fossil fuels, energy providers have not made up for that capacity loss with other forms of energy. The pace of the grid transformation is out of sync with the energy required for consumers. In the Midwest, you live in the Midwest, you will face a power crunch because generating capacity is down from a year ago. But demand is expected to be high as Americans try to resume their pre-Wuhan virus pandemic lifestyles. You get a heat wave or low wind speeds that limit what the wind farms can produce, major trigger, major failure point for power companies. In Texas, earlier this week or last week maybe, They had unseasonably high warm weather. It was in the 90-plus degree range in Texas. Texas had some power uh, crunch uh, issues, didn't have enough power generation. Why? Because the replacement wind doesn't provide the reliable energy that a natural gas-fired power plant will produce. Wind and solar are not reliable enough to power large power grids, or any grids for that matter. So what does that mean? We're gonna be experiencing huge, unforeseeable surges in electrical, or the reduction of electrical capacity. So the Biden administration Instead of thinking the process through, saying we'd like to have more energy alternatives, but let's not close the plants we have. Let's not decommission nuclear. Let's certainly not close any natural gas-fired plants. Let's try to reduce coal, but let's make sure we have enough generation. But instead, what did the Biden administration do? Cancel leases, they've canceled pipelines. There's a pipeline under Lake Michigan, very short pipeline, That transports half a million gallons from Canada to the United States of oil daily. Now there are moves to shutter that plant or that that pipeline. The brainless Biden administration, like all the Democrats, they act before they think. I've said, you look at most Democrats. Just from what they say, oh, we've got a a climate change issue. We need to get rid of all this. This will be great. Let's go to electric cars. Well, they don't think things through. Okay, you want to go to electric powered vehicles. How do you recharge those? What do you need? You need power plants. You need lithium to create lithium ion batteries. Oh, where does all that lithium come from? Oh, it comes from China. Once again, becoming dependent on an adversary, on an enemy state they don't think things through and so every time you look at things no matter what it is gas prices stock market is plunging the economy we are in a, I love these people that say well i think the possibility for the us to get into a recession in the next 3 years is is likely but it may not be a deep recession hello we are in recession last quarter we were at minus -1.6% gross domestic product reduction This quarter, I will assure you, GDP will be down, the gross domestic product. That is the definition of a recession, two negative quarters of GDP growth. But it's not going to be a mild recession. It is going to be a deep recession. And the Fed will have no choice but to increase rates at the absolute wrong time. Their ammunition is They have no more ammo. They are out. They're shooting blanks. They should have immediately, six months, eight, a year ago, they should have said, we're going to raise the the Fed funds rate from zero. We're going to raise it to 2% right off the bat. We've got to cool things down. Last month, big move, they raised the Fed funds rate a half point. Ooh, a half percent uh, increase in the interest rate. They should have come up a month ago and said, We're increasing it to 5% right now. Major shock, but you got to tame inflation before it is, and it actually is too late. And now what we're seeing is the gas pumps. Look at what the price of the gas pump. We're talking everywhere in the country is over four bucks. A friend of mine, actually exo Tim, uh, from the Western New York Theater of Operations, he's in the People's Republic of California. He sent me a picture of the gas, uh, a sign of how much gas is in the People's Republic of California. I gotta find this because I was absolutely amazed. Let me see if I can find this here. Wait a minute, let's see. Okay, here we go. For regular, in Tiburon, California, near San Francisco, 6 10 a gallon. That's for regular unleaded. Unleaded plus, 89 octane, 640, premium 650. 6 dollars and10 cents for regular 87 octane unleaded gas. 610 in California. It's over four bucks. It's averaging about 430 the rest of the country, maybe more. We are going to see the exact same mistakes that were made in the 1970s are going to be made again. Okay, they cancel the XL pipeline. Now, there's a million gallons of oil from a friendly neighbor, Canada, that now will not be coming our way on a daily basis. And by the way, the Obama administration did a study and showed that the one, millions, uh, one million barrels of Canadian oil a day would have no impact on climate change. The pipeline would have zero impact on climate change. So they were fine with it. We are seeing Democrats now saying we should put an excise tax, an excess profit tax on the energy companies. Everywhere you look, they are going to continue making the same mistakes. They discourage fracking. They discourage drilling. They have canceled oil leases. They have canceled permits. They are reducing the amount of, they just uh, uh, withdrew all the offshore uh, available leases. Jennifer Granholm, the low energy secretary, as I call her, laughed about four or five months ago when she was asked by a Bloomberg uh, reporter. When prices were going up, would you be, you know, increasing drilling and getting more domestic domestic production? She laughed, laughed like it was a total joke. Only now she is begging the oil and gas companies to ignore the administration's repeated assaults on them and carry on as if President Trump was still in office, saying we're in we're on war footing. That means Crude oil releases from the strategic reserves all around the world. It means you producing more right now if and when you can. I hope your investors are saying this to you as well. In this moment of crisis, we need more supply. Oh, really? So wait a minute. You were screwing the oil and gas companies. You were hindering them from allowing them to drill on leases they already had, and yet now you're begging them, and now you're begging Venezuela? an enemy terrorist dictatorship regime to sell us oil? This is how stupid this administration is. I mean it is unbelievable one thing after another. Look at what's going on in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania where we had election issues be two years in November. Did they address those issues? Did they try to improve and make sure they didn't have all the fraudulent voting and all the nonsense? No, we're seeing for the Republican senatorial primary, we're seeing uh, uh, the two top candidates, Oz and uh, the other gentleman whose name escapes me, who's a globalist, who was uh, head of a hedge fund, who is, uh, uh, loves China, I can't remember his name offhand. We're seeing now a difference of 1,100 votes, and now we're seeing that in Lancaster County they had 20,000 ballots that were printed incorrectly and they have to manually repeat those ballots and then run them through. We're seeing that the military vote hasn't even been counted yet, and here we are, what, Wednesday? There's four days after Election Day that mail-in ballots still have to be processed. It's amazing. Florida doesn't have that issue. Why? Because Florida mandated and changed the law so that beginning... I think it's 10 days before the uh, general election, the mail-in ballots can be counted on a daily basis so that the time, by the time that the polls have closed, all the mail-in ballots are counted. And there is a deadline. It's not a deadline that you have to have it postmarked by a certain time. The deadline is, I believe it has to reach the election office, your mail-in ballot by the close of business on election day. That is reasonable. This perpetual vote counting is nonsense. All this does is cause a lack of trust in government, in elections. Now we're seeing food shortages, unaffordable housing. You get into a situation where people don't trust the institutions of government, the elections, what happens? Countries collapse. Governments collapse. Societies collapse. That, I fear, is exactly what is happening under these clowns. And don't think for a second we may not see rationing. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. The Dems know they are desperate. And this climate change hoax that has been perpetuated not only on the world but on American citizens, now the chickens are coming home to roost. Because you're saying, well, we can't have any more fracking. We can't have any more pipelines. We can't have any more drilling offshore or uh, Anwar in Alaska, even though we were energy independent under President Trump. And by the way, remember when President Obama said, well, uh, what's uh, President Trump, uh, Trump going to do? You think he can just wave his magic wand and all of a sudden uh, we'll get factories moving again and, and, and we'll get oil production? That's exactly what he did. Energy independence, and in less than a year, Biden has gone, we've gone from an energy-independent city, a country, to an energy-dependent country, now begging Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, please, please, pretty please, with sugar on top, please sell us more oil and keep the price down. Pathetic losers that are in Washington, but the real losers are the American citizens. Let me just say one thing that I think is a the canary in the coal mine, if you will. Walmart reported their earnings earlier this week. They announced that their revenue, I think their revenue, same thing with Target. Both Target and, and Walmart released, and I think their top line revenue hit expectations, but their earnings per share did not meet expectations. Why, because the cost of goods sold has gone up with inflation? because the labor costs have gone up dramatically. Cost of labor, what you have to pay hourly employees, that's gone up. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And consumers now are rejecting higher prices. There are limits. People are no longer going to the gas station and filling up an entire tank. I'm, I'm watching it, I see it. They're putting in 10 gallons at a time. They're filling half their tank. Here's the canary in the coal mine when it comes to consumers. C. Douglas Macmillan, the CEO of Walmart, during the company's earnings call said something very telling. He said, we see some switching from brands to private brands, and we see switching from gallons of milk to half gallons of milk. Things have gotten so bad. Think about this. Things have gotten so bad in this country now, economy-wise, inflation-wise, that consumers are no longer buying gallons of milk because it's too expensive. They're buying half gallons of milk, even though when you look at the value brand that Walmart sells, the cost per ounce is 3.5 ounces in a gallon, but this, a correction, in a gallon it's 2.9 cents, but in a half gallon it's 3.5 cents. So it's 20% more expensive to buy the half gallon on an ounce by ounce basis. But people are saying, hey, you know what? I'll pay the 224 for the half gallon. I can't afford the 374. Now you think about that for a second. It's only $1.50, and you say, well, okay, what's a dollar fifty? Well, to many people, that's the difference between being able to make it and not make it. Did you ever think in this country that people would have to ration buying full gallons of milk and go to half gallons because inflation is so massive? Milk prices went up 15% on a year-to-year basis. In three cities that the the uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture tracks, Kansas City, Philly, and Pittsburgh, average prices are over $5 a gallon for milk. In Minneapolis, prices went from March to April, one month, 21%. And when you look at all the other expenses. Look at bacon, like 25%. Eggs are up. Meat is up. Everywhere you look in the, in the supermarket, you could go into the supermarket. And I used to go in and say, okay, you know what? I'm buying whatever, whether it was groceries or meat or, or paper towel." I'd always, it would be like 100 bucks. No matter what I bought. Now it's like 150, 160. No, same, buying the same shit. Don't tell me inflation is 8, 9%. Inflation is way higher. And it all started when Biden said, We are going to appease the climate change wackadoodles and we are going to cut domestic energy production. Don't give me this bullshit that Putin started inflation. It's the Putin inflation. No, it's not. It's Biden inflation. And it started with gas prices rising 40, 50% in less than a year from the time he took office on January 20th, 2021. Less than a year, I think it was 10 months, gas up almost 50%. Don't blame Putin. It's Biden. It's the regime. And when we see Americans now that can't afford to buy a gallon of milk, they have to ration a half gallon, that tells you all you need to know about the state of the economy. If you think... That our troubles are just are, 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 are pretty much stabilized? Think again. Let me give you an ex- a perfect example. Diesel fuel. On the East Coast, traditionally, there's a 17-day supply of diesel fuel. That is the supply that are in tanks, available tanks, storage tanks, at gas stations, coming from the, the refiner. 17 days. We are down to a three-day supply of diesel fuel. Diesel fuel has skyrocketed. It's almost six bucks a gallon. If you have a shortage of diesel fuel, do you know what happens? The trucks, the tractor trailers that are responsible for moving food and produce and medicine and supplies, that are responsible for keeping the American economy and the American consumer satisfied and with stock with products, store stock with products, that disappears. And you will see empty shelves. And you will see food rationing. And you will see increased, higher prices than we're already seeing. One other little tidbit here. Fertilizer. Farmers now are saying the cost of fertilizer has gone through the roof. Many foreign sources, uh, Russia is a big producer of fertilizer. Same thing with with Ukraine, but it's also produced in other places around the world. What is the number one ingredient necessary to create the various fertilizers? And that can be, there's various components, ammonia, there's there's potash, uh, urea. What's the number one ingredient necessary? Natural gas. You have a shortage of natural gas and price spikes of natural gas of course, fertilizer is going to go up. And now you're having availability issues. And now farmers are saying, we, we may not be able to plant uh, our, our harvest. We may not, uh, we're going to get much lower yields because we don't have, we can't afford the fertilizer or can't get the fertilizer. Who would have ever thought you can't get fertilizer to grow crops? And when we're going to start seeing that impact is in August, September when all the Northeast and the Midwest and the Southwest farms are harvesting all the various crops. All of a sudden, if they have lower yield, that's less to sell in market. Prices are gonna go up. If you don't have enough, shelves are gonna be bare. Everything this administration has touched has turned to absolute garbage. It is unbelievable. And I'm telling you right now, I keep hearing people on CNBC, the crap business network, Fox Business, saying, have we, have we seen a bottom yet? Is now a time, is, isn't this the bottom? Jim Cramer, the biggest fraud going in, in, in the country when it comes to finance, already in March, late March was saying, yep, we're hit a bottom, great time to buy. If you would have followed his advice, you'd be down probably another Oh, probably twenty percent from where you bought it, maybe twenty-five percent. When he was telling everybody to go buy, buy, buy. Now we keep hearing people saying, "Oh, it's oversold. The market's oversold, oversold. Yeah, we should be. This should be the bottom. Markets can stay in an oversold state for ages, for months. This." Stock market ain't turning around anytime soon. And when we see a move, oh, it's a big day, it's up 3%. What happens the next day? Down 4% the next day. Don't believe the poppycock being spewed by CNBC and Fox Business and all these supposed Wall Street experts and analysts. They know, they do not know more than what you know. But they will tell you to buy, buy, buy so they can enrich themselves. The economy is not turning around anytime soon. The midterms are going to be a slaughtering of the Democrat party. It's like gonna take, imagine if you will, you take 100 members of Congress, Democrats, that are running for reelection. Imagine if they were little pigs, little piggies going to market. And somebody said, yep, I need 100 pigs. Okay, we're gonna slaughter them, boom, whack them, here we go. That's exactly what is going to happen to, I believe, I thought initially the Republicans would pick up 30 seats in the House. Then I said, well, maybe 50. Now with the economy, I initially said 70. I'm telling you, I'm thinking 90 to 100 seats. I could be way off, but I think things are going to get so much worse than they already are, and I hate to be pessimistic, but there's no optimism with these clowns in Washington, the brainless Biden regime that I think the Republicans could pick up a hundred Democrat seats in the House. And don't believe what you hear from the establishment, uh, from the liberal stream media and the establishment rhinos saying, oh, Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, he's a far out ro- uh, a MAGA candidate, he can't win the general. Bullshit. They said the same thing about Donald Trump. What did we hear? He can't win. No, we're ready to lose. We, we, it's, it's a given. We're gonna lose now. We're just gonna worry about the down ticket candidates. And he won. Not once, but he won twice. That's the subject of another day. So we are seeing everything turn to absolute rubbish under Biden. And it's not getting better anytime soon. And there will be a revolt. I forgot to mention housing prices. That's another issue. And now we're seeing these big Wall Street firms coming in, buying giant swaths of homes. I just saw, what was it, BlackRock? If I'm not mistaken, one of the big... Investment firms that manages billions in pension money and has all sorts of uh, various ETFs. They just bought a large swath of homes, I think in South Florida, like two, three hundred homes that will never be available for sale on the open market again. There is going to be a major backlash. It is only getting warmed up. If you think we are at the tail end of inflation, we have just started to see horrific inflation. It is going to be a giant bloodbath. The housing market's gonna drop, is going to tank. The stock market is tanked. People say, oh, we're, we're, we could be in a bear market. We have been in a bear market since November, but the experts are too dumb to look at a chart and realize that. The NASDAQ is down, what, 31% since the peak in November. s and down in excess of 20, same thing with the Dow. That is a bear market. But it's only going to get worse. I'm an optimistic person, but I'm telling you the truth, I'm telling it like it is. And when we come back for the final and concluding segment, I will tell you about Ukraine. We are broke in this country. Inflation going through the roof, and what does the House, what do the House and Senate decide to do? Throw loads of billions towards Ukraine. I will get to that. Very quickly, before we take the final timeout. let me give you a quick update on the Cigar Dave Officers Club. First up, the April selection. We sent out an email uh, over a week ago. The April Officers Club selection has been sent out. It is the Casa Torrent 1880 collection. We are going to do the A. Torrent. The new A. Torrents had problems coming out of the aging room. They were not ready. So you are the beneficiary if you're an officers club member because the Casa Torrents are like 20 bucks a piece. 1820 cigars. So you're getting tremendous value. We got great response. We decided we're going to send out the Casa Torrent 1880, Corojo, the Connecticut and the or the Colorado and the Maduro. So those have been shipped out. You should get those probably early to mid next week. They are out. We apologize for the delay, but you're getting great cigars. The May selection from Alec Bradley, which we have just finalized, actually. Again, what has gone on is that there's just tremendous supply chain issues between getting bans, between just the huge demand for cigars. Everything's been crazy, but we're featuring a very unique sampler of Alec Bradley cigars, the Black Market Original Robusto, the Black Market Esteli Robusto, which I love, and the Max Fix. I love the Max, it is a Hidden Gem 5x58 cigar, five inches in length, 58 ring gauge. One of my favorite cigars, it's a Hidden Gem from Alec Bradley. So we've got the Black Market Original, the Black Market Esteli, and the Max Fix. That will be shipped out probably next Thursday or Friday at the latest, and you will have those and we will be caught up. We've got some great selections. The Revenant coming from Gurkha in June. Now I do want to mention, that's starting June first, and we sent out in everybody's shipment. There was addition to the info insert on the back of the info insert. We put a price increase notice. Inflation that I've been talking about has gone rampant the last year. We decided to bite the bullet. We said we're not going to raise it unless we absolutely must, and we must now. The la- I just checked. The last time we had a price increase was over ten years ago. I think it was almost twelve years ago. It's been at twenty two ninety five per month ever since. We're raising it to $25.95. We probably should increase it more based on the value of the cigars that everybody's receiving, but I didn't want to gouge anybody. You're still getting a great value. You know, you look at the average price of a cigar today, you're talking about probably, you know, in the $9 category, plus taxes. So, we're talking $25.95 per month. You get great cigars. We're going to continue to select the latest and greatest in the world of premium cigars. Unfortunately, we had to bite the bullet. So, 25.95 for all members starting June 1, and when that uh, June 1 hits, don't be surprised. We're also sending that out in the uh, May selection, so there will be no surprises. Every member will see that in their shipments, and we're also uh, posting. We have posted it on the website as well as uh, everywhere else where the Officers Club is mentioned at CigarDave.com. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, make sure you join 22, a uh, correction, it used to be 22, $25.95 per month, gets you three of the latest and greatest in the world of cigars, premium cigars, shipped in a Ziploc pouch to you each and every month. The final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. I had the pleasure of knowing the late great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers Full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden AVO heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. The United States of America is, by all accounts, broke. The Fed has to print money, either buy the money themselves, put it on their own balance sheet, or they sell bonds to investors or countries overseas we are broke any way you look at it we are a debtor nation we used to be a creditor nation no more we are a debtor nation trillions and trillions in debt look at what we've done the last number of years printed money like it's going out of style and they wonder why we have inflation massive amounts of money that have been thrown about cheap interest rates free money essentially what do you think's going to happen But we're broke, but that did not deter both Democrats and Republicans in the House and Senate from spending, passing a $40 billion Ukraine relief bill that will send arms to Ukraine and cash to Ukraine. We are sending billions of cash so the Ukraine government can pay all their employees, they can maintain their pensions, they can maintain everything that the government needs courtesy of the American taxpayer that not only is hurting right now, but is getting screwed once again. And when I see marble mouth Mitch McConnell talk like this, this is important because if we, if we didn't spend this 40 billion is cheap because otherwise Russia, well, Russia, you know, it's a cheap price to pay relative to Russia baiting everybody. Excuse me. Where's Europe? Where's Germany? Where's the UK? Where's France? Where's the Netherlands? Where are all the German, or where are all the European countries? Where's Spain? All the NATO countries? Where are they? Germany's Loaded. France has money. These are all wealth countries. They're nowhere to be found. Cumulatively, and that includes Poland, I believe, European nations have stepped up between relief and between weapons, and everything. I think somebody I mentioned six billion total. With this 40 billion to Ukraine, we're now going to be looking at 53 to 56 billion that US taxpayers are shoveling over to Zelensky, And Zelensky is no prize, my friends. Let me tell you about him momentarily. We're shoving this money to the oligarchs in Ukraine with no oversight. There are two countries that are loaded with oligarchs. Russia, close behind number two is Ukraine. All those Ukrainian oligarchs have been making, minting money, billions left and right. Why do you think a... Uh, uh, Biden's coming to the rescue and the Democrats to Ukraine because they've all been on the take. Biden family has gotten extremely wealthy. Burisma oil is just the tip of the iceberg. But we're rushing in now with another $40 billion, which, by the way, only carries, that's for this fiscal year until September. Mark my words, starting late September, we'll start hearing from the House and Senate, we need to send more money over to Ukraine. They need more money to fight. We're throwing money to the Ukrainian government and the oligarchs, 40 billion that we don't have, that we have to go in debt for, while Europe, who theoretically have more a much higher risk of getting attacked by Russia than we do, do you think Putin's gonna come across the pond and attack us? No chance. But Europe, nowhere to be found. Europeans are deadbeats. They were deadbeats in World War I. They were deadbeats in World War II. We had to save their asses in both wars. And here we are once again. Because they're crying like little babies that Putin could attack them. And now we see Sweden and Finland rushing to join NATO. But Erdogan of Turkey saying, not so fast. My friends in Sweden and Norway, remember all it takes is one NATO country to blackball the membership of another potential country. And that's exactly what Erdogan is doing. Good for him. Good for him. Let the other NATO countries start paying their fair share first. Let the NATO countries and the European countries start doling money out to Ukraine. We're not getting attacked. We're cozy and comfy here in the United States. We're protected by the Atlantic and the Pacific. Not going to attack us. But yet, the Europeans, they... Every time you turn around, oh those those arrogant Americans, those oh, those classless Americans, those stupid Americans. They think they are just such brilliant geniuses. So they are derogatory towards us, they they deride us at every step. Yet when all of a sudden there's a threat, who do they run to? That's right, the United States of America. I for one am fed up with it. You should be fed up with it. How about taking that 40 billion People can't afford to buy milk right now. Gas prices are through the roof. How about taking that 40 billion, doing something constructive with it in the United States? Or how about not spending it at all? Instead, we're funding Vladimir Zelensky. <clears throat> and what has this great Churchill with a T shirt, as Mitch Marblemouth Mitch McConnell stated earlier this week? What has he just done? He has signed into law number 7172-1 that will ban opposition parties and seize their property. He signed it one week ago today. The law targets opposition parties if they deny the armed aggression against Ukraine. The law includes actions that support the Russian Federation and Republic of Belarus, the two invading countries. Now, it expands the list of grounds for banning a political party through the courts. Relevant grounds are justifying recognizing as lawful or denying armed aggression against Ukraine, including by presenting armed aggression of the Russian Federation and or the Republic of Belarus against Ukraine as an internal conflict, civil conflict, or civil war. If a party is banned by the court, its property funds and other assets become the property of the state. Is Ukraine a democracy? What are we always saying? We want democracies around the world. We go after Putin because they say that he's a dictator, which he is. Well, so is Zelensky now. He now is banning a party. If a party says, hey, we want to align with Russia, we like Russia, what's wrong with that? That's a, if somebody says that, hey look, we allow communists in this country. If somebody says, I want us to go communist, and let's face it, that's what the Democrat party is anyway, or I want to align more with China, or Russia, That's legal in this country. That's a democracy. You get party and people saying things you don't necessarily like. But now in Ukraine, Mr. Churchill with a t shirt, who was visited last week by Marblemouth Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn and Susan Collins and a whole bunch of, uh, of other senators, now all of a sudden they're restricting the freedom of speech, and the rights of other political parties that may disagree with them. They can take all their assets, put politicians in jail. That is what we would also call a dictatorship. But not a word from Congress. Let's keep throwing the money over. No problem. 40 bill, no problem. That's C. see, that's 52 to 56 total. What do we need next October? Actually, they won't shove any money in October because the election is coming up. So nothing will take place in September or October, certainly not early November, because the election will be around the corner. But mark my words right afterwards, in a lame duck session of Congress, you better believe they'll try to write big checks over to Ukraine. Does it not seem to you that we are living in an, in an America last environment where American citizens, they're not, circ- sec- we're not second class citizens, we're not third class, we're last class. If you're an illegal alien, come on in. You need you need to 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 uh, get on an airplane don't worry about ID. Americans we all have to show ID. But if you're illegal, don't worry, we'll give you a letter. You don't need ID. You're coming here illegally? No problem, we'll give you a cell phone. You're coming here illegally? Oh, your baby, your little infant needs formula? Don't worry, we got plenty of formula. However, American citizens infants? Nope. They get shafted once again because we are all last-class citizens under the brainless Biden and the Democrat regime. Come election day November, there will be a massive wind of change that will not gently blow through Washington and the country. It will howl through like a, if there was a Cat 10 hurricane, that's exactly what it will howl, howl through the country because we are going to see Epic change, come election day, assuming we don't have any election day shenanigans. And note to the Republican parties of every state, you better wake up, you better have election monitors, you better have lawyers ready to go, an 800 number anytime, and you better make sure that you have witnesses counting all the ballots. Assume the Democrats will cheat, lie, and steal. That's their normal method of operation. As long as you're prepared for it, we should be just fine. But I'm tired of American citizens being last class. We should be first class. We shouldn't be slinging $56 billion to Ukraine. Let Europe pony up. We shouldn't be throwing all of our baby infant formula down to illegals coming in at the border. Everywhere you turn around, Americans are getting shafted at the pump at the grocery shelf, you name it, we are getting screwed and I say enough is enough. Now, I would love to to conduct broadcast maneuvers and pleasure maneuvers where we're just talking about cigars and spirits and alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Unfortunately, there are times as alpha males because we are educated, we are informed, we are up to date on current events, that we do have to take a serious tact and we do have to address these issues. It is not optional that we deal with these issues head on, it is mandatory. Because all of us that are alphas, fellow alphas, fellow cigar connoisseurs, we are patriotic Americans. We believe in America first. We believe in Americans first. Doesn't mean that we are oblivious to the rest of the world. But if we don't take care of our own, nobody else will. It's about time we start acting the Biden regime, the bureaucracy, Republicans and Democrats in the Washington, D.C. swamp start standing up for all the Americans that make this country run on a daily basis and make this country great. It is long past time. America first. As always, don't forget, make sure you follow us on social media. I just see that our account on Truth Social, which is uh, President Trump's social media site, has just been approved. So I believe that account is at Cigar, I think we've got both, at Cigar Dave Show and at Cigar Dave, but we'll probably keep it at Cigar Dave. Twitter is at Cigar Dave Show, Facebook Cigar Dave, Instagram Cigar Dave. Follow us on social media. And as always, make sure you subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show podcast. Give us five stars. And the Bold Alpha, our brother Bold Alpha podcast. We're going to kick it up uh, heavy next week with uh, Tommy D as we relaunch our weekly spirits celebration every... Sergeant Steve, what do we run that on? Thursdays? I think we did our weekly spirits celebration? That is correct. correct. Okay, so we'll we'll kick that up uh, next Thursday, so make sure you subscribe. Give us five stars. Cigar Dave, the general, the ultra, mega... Alpha male in chief and global five-star general saying, Mayor humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Mayor Ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delectatio always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. America first. It is long past time. And screw inflation. Screw brainless Biden. And screw all those enemies that would like to attack our way of life. Including the terrorists that inflicted tremendous pain in Buffalo. May all those victims rest in peace and may comfort be brought to their families. Live it up.